Welcome to the Pearl of Great Price podcast. Thanks for joining us today. It's the 31st of July and on this day in Christian history. We are back to the year 1930 and we travelled to Greece where troops stormed the Pantelaminion Monastery on Mount Athos and deported about 800 monks. Six months earlier, during the First Balkan War, which drove the Ottoman Empire out of Europe, Mount Athos had been taken over by the army of Greece, which had assumed that the peninsula would simply become Hellenic sovereign territory. Mount Athos is a mountain and peninsula in northeastern Greece, and has become an important centre of Eastern Orthodox monasticism. It is currently home to 20 monasteries under the direct jurisdiction of the Ecumenical Patriarch of Constantinople. Its historic monastic traditions date back to at least the year 800 and the Byzantine era. And today over 2,000 monks from Greece and many other countries, including Eastern Orthodox countries such as Romania, Moldova, Georgia, Bulgaria, Serbia and Russia, live an ascetic life in Athos, isolated from the rest of the world. However, back in 1913, St. Pantelaminion's was the home to about 2,000 Russian monks. And the Athenite monasteries contained a rich collection of artefacts, rare books and ancient documents and artworks of immense historical value. And because of this, Mount Athos has been listed as a World Heritage Site since 1988. On July the 31st, 1913, the Tsarist Navy from Russia made an extraordinary intervention into the affairs of the monastic peninsula, strangely as punishment for being on the losing side of a raging theological argument about the holiness of the words God and Jesus. The precise status of these words was important for the monks, as it is a more monastic Orthodox tradition to repeat the name of Jesus which can become like a mantra-like spiritual experience. So the distinction whether these names were holy in themselves or only because of the divine realities that they denote was important to the monks. The theological dispute was mainly confined to the vast Russian contingent on the holy mountain, but it had been growing in intensity for several years and there were fears in St. Petersburg that Greece might use the chaotic situation as an excuse to expel all Russians from the mountain. So this was preempted by the Tsars and Navy, who wished to signal that if anyone was going to settle disputes on Athos, it would be Russia. Greek worries about a Slavic takeover of Mount Athos subsided, with the execution of the Tsar in the Russian Revolution of 1917 and with Russia under atheist control. The flow of Russian novices to the ancient community came to an abrupt end. And by the time communism fell in 1991, only a handful of elderly Slavs remained. But since the end of communism, the Greek authorities, both worldly and ecclesiastical, have remained extremely wary of letting too many non-Greeks settle on Mount Athos, and they insist that all residents of the community must accept Greek citizenship. There are now about 70 Russian and Ukrainian monastics 
doing their best to maintain the sprawling premises and its cultural treasures, including the precious manuscripts and the early printed books. However, the intense geopolitical competition over the future of Mount Athos may grow again, as Vladimir Putin has strong feelings about Russia's religious heritage. Although it is not clear yet whether he will be restaffing St. Pantelaminion's with his compatriots in order to regain its former glory. Although Mount Athos is legally part of the European Union like the rest of Greece, the monastic state of the Holy Mountain has a special jurisdiction which empowers the monastic state's authorities to regulate the free movement of people and goods in its territory. In particular, only men are allowed to enter. According to the Athenite tradition, the Blessed Virgin Mary and St. John the Evangelist were sailing from Joppa to Cyprus to visit Lazarus. The ship was blown off course to the then pagan Athos and it was forced to anchor there. Mary walked ashore and, overwhelmed by the wonderful and wild natural beauty of the mountain, she blessed it and she asked her son for it to be her garden. A voice was heard saying, Let this place be your inheritance and your garden, a paradise and a haven of salvation for those seeking to be saved. From that moment, according to the Orthodox monks, the mountain was consecrated as the garden of the Mother of God and was out of bounds to all other women. The number of daily visitors to Mount Athos is restricted and all are required to obtain a special entrance permit valid for a limited period. Only men are permitted to visit the territory which is still called the Garden of the Virgin Mary by the monks, with Orthodox Christians taking precedence in permit issuance procedures. Residents on the peninsula must be men aged 18 and over who are members of the Eastern Orthodox Church and either monks or workers. That's all from the Pearl of Great Price today. Join us tomorrow if you can as we look at Bishop Ethelwald who repaired the spiritual damage in England after the Vikings. I hope you've enjoyed listening. For links to any reading that I've done to research these pods then please visit us on www.pogp.net if you'd like to request a topic or ask any questions, then email the show on pogppod at gmail.com. And if you have time, please subscribe and share the podcast with friends. Have a lovely day wherever you are. And thanks for listening.